Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, whether you're watching us live or going to be watching a live stream again, or for the many of you, the hundreds of you, in fact, who download the podcast. And really appreciate uh, the support you're giving us by downloading and uh, supporting the Desi Sportscast. And uh, I was going to say it's a very warm welcome, but it's a cold welcome today from my beautiful city to Nevin. Hello, Nevin. Good afternoon to you, my Hi. friend. Hi, and sending you all the warmth from Kochi because we've got in excess over here. And it's very hot. It's sweltering hot here. So uh, just to uh, make uh, Nevin feel really good, I just showed him a glimpse of uh, what it's like outside my window. It snowed all night and um, it's still snowing and it's predicted to snow all day. So um, it's a white wow. view I've got today and um, it's not so much the snow, but it is absolutely freezing. Um, it is very, very bitterly cold. We've got the weather uh, from Russia that's come our way today. So, um, yeah, um, that's why I've got my hoodie on as well today. No T-shirt. Yeah, I mean, I, I was watching the uh, Premier League matches and all the commentators were saying the same thing. It's just insanely cold there. And, uh, it was yeah. very players. A few years ago, we had the uh, storm that they called the, uh, the Beast from the East, and it actually stopped the country. It was that bad, and they're calling this one a second one. I know the southern parts of this country have had it much, much worse, uh, but it's coming up uh, the country and we're going to feel it. Well, we're already feeling it. But to make me feel warmer, it's always good to start Monday talking to you because you're always hot. You're always um, in a beautiful um, part of the world, I was going to say, not India, but beautiful part of the world. So how, how's your week been? How's your weekend been? Uh, very good, eventful as usual. Uh, a lot of football uh, beyond what we watch on the screen as well. I've been in talks with Wolverham uh, FC about, you know, probably working with them throughout the Kerala Premier League season and things like that. So, exciting um, times. In a way, I'm glad you started with that because um, I think we've, off air, we've talked um, quite a bit about um, the Kerala Premier League and how big football is there and obviously your links to Kovalam. Um Just to share with our listeners and viewers, um, can you tell us a little bit about your links with Kovalam? Where are they and uh, what sort of a club they are? And and well, about the uh, Kerala Premier League, because obviously we know football is huge uh, there. Uh, how competitive is it? Because you've got a couple of big clubs. Do they take part in it? So, uh, starting off with the first question of my relationship with Kovalam. See, I think uh, uh, the, the old listeners would have, would have heard me talk about this club. In, in our previous episodes. And uh, I went there as a journalist, fascinated by the story, got really involved, started teaching kids. Uh, and they also liked me there. So they wanted me to come back all the time. So I sort of eventually started helping out with some of their social media content, some of their uh, player registration and things like that. And now they want me as a uh, as a team manager for the season. So- Oh, wow. You're taking the ultimate job. Uh, I'd love just clarify that the manager is a little different from, say, a manager in an English club. Here, right. the manager is about management and not taking calls on what happens on the pitch. It's for okay. the other, the rest of it. So the coaching, head coach is the one who decides what happens on the pitch. The manager is for everything else and they want me there. Uh, I'm still contemplating because it's still a very small club and in terms of my finances, it might be a little tough to, for them to match what I 
it's like what I earn. So we are, we are in conversation. I I really miss being part of football team. Uh, my time at Minerva for all my complaints was probably one of the most fascinating times because it, you get to work with footballers and young footballers, and that's there's a special joy in actually having you know actually working with them as opposed to sitting in the stands and writing about them. So looking forward to it. Uh, coming back to your second question about uh, Kerala Premier League and football in Kerala in general. Kerala Premier League. It's a disappointment. Let's let's call it that way. Uh, it it's been shambolic in its management all the time. Year after year, you see teams dropping out, uh, then extending the dates, which means like what 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 was supposed to be a three months tournament gets, uh, you know, becomes a six months tournament, and then ruins the budget of all these teams. And because you have to afford a foreign player for six months, that's not easy for a lot of teams like that. So yeah. Uh, they have ambitions, but I think it's an extension of all the failures that is associated with the state football association as well. So, a lot of things to be improved there. But you also see, uh, say, somebody like Joby Justin, who plays for ATK Mohan Bagan right now, uh, was scouted through KPL. So, all he's right. been scouted through KPL. And so, there is potential. I think the scouts are slowly arriving. They're looking at these players. And also the two big guns, like you rightly pointed out, Gokulam and Kerala Blasters take part in this. Uh, for Kerala Blasters, this is the only trophy they've won. So it's it's a matter of pride as well. So, I mean, the, the fans are now curious. I mean, they want to make this an important tournament so that they can say, hey, we, we, we are uh, KPL winners and all that. But a lot of problems, even including Kerala Blasters, for example, you can clearly see they're building a, a, a team for that specific tournament. And that's not good for players. You don't want players to be employed for three months a year and then they have to fight the, the other uh, what, uh, eight, nine, so suddenly my max is gone all wrong. But like, uh, uh, suddenly you have to like fight for the uh, nine months and uh, yeah, it's, it's a struggle, right? So they'll go out and look for other jobs, they'll, they want to do like, you know, part-time work. As footballers, you're not getting like full-time employment. And to mm-hmm. see uh, teams like Arab Blasters, or Gokulam Kerala resort to this sort of a very, you know, three-month contract just for the tournament. And that's not good. I mean, I can understand why they do it because that's a lot of finances and they're probably not earning enough. And this is an extension of what Park Jindal said the other day that all football clubs are making losses. But, uh, yeah, uh, you would want a more structured uh, system. You would want players being employed for at least six months uh, so that they, there is some continuity to the project as well. You want... Uh, uh, you want a lot of things to improve. There, there are talks of uh, something called the Kerala Super League, which will be like the ISL and be like completely franchisee based. Because right now in KPL, you could still have like departmental teams also take part. Um, All right. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's confusing to be honest. Every year they change the rules so much, and uh, uh, you you would think Kerala with all its potential, all its passion. Uh, that they can do better, and hopefully, uh, hopefully the Kerala Super League will you know kickstart. And hopefully, it's I think the only the only way I see this uh, you know take into another level is the fan pressure itself. So if the Kerala Blasters fan uh, fans can also come to KPL tournaments, then this is going to change. They have massive following, but that doesn't really reflect when it comes to KPL. Mm-hmm. It's there for the ISL, but not necessarily for the KPL. If they take it up, like, you know, Zark Club and all the tournaments are important. If Gokulam fans also get in and all the other young teams also bring in a crowd, then uh, things will change. I think 
fan pressure, journalist pressure, all their pressure is the only way forward. And hopefully uh, the, the federation will succumb to the pressure and we will see some improvement. Because you, you see something like a Goa Pro League, so well conducted, so many players coming out of it. You have a system in like FC Goa wanting to pick up a lot of Calcutta clubs come there because they want to scout these talents. So why not do it for Kerala as well? And if you do it right, considering the difficulties Tamil Nadu state has been going through in the last few years with no, uh, you know, super, no uh, senior division football happening in Chennai, etc. You could also rope in a lot of these players, very talented players from Tamil Nadu for your leagues as well. So effectively football also goes up. Uh, scouting also goes up. Teams can also earn more money if they can, you know, sell players. It, it, it's, a, it's a win-win situation for all, but you just don't see that intent coming from Federation. And mind you, I'm sure they have their own difficulties. I, I, I probably, from my position, don't understand it, but I'm sure they have their own difficulties as well. I mean, that's an incredible insight into state-level football. Um, I know Kerala is slightly different in, in the sense that football is big there. Uh, but that's a really good insight into um, state uh, senior division football. But it's a, it's a three-month uh, season. Um, from what you're saying, the squad players... Isn't, from... Sorry, isn't, let me just clarify this year. Specifically, they, they're hoping to conclude in one month. Wow, okay. So it'll be like two divisions. There are 12 teams. So right. two groups of six each. They'll play each other. And right. the... The top two will play like semi-finals and that's it. Okay. And are they are the two divisions um, geographically split or just uh, random? No. As of now, from what I hear is that uh, one will be Calicut and the other will be Malapuram, two different districts close to each other. And it, it really depends on districts wanting to take it up. So whichever district says we can do this and maintain something like bubble, I don't think... An, a proper bubble will be possible, but something of a bubble will give all them, all of them accommodation and everything nearby. Uh, so it really depends on which district shows the intent. And from what you're saying, uh, Gokul um, don't play any of the squad players from the I League, and same with the Blasters, they don't play any of their squad players from the ISL team. Yeah, um, they they play the reserve teams for these tournaments. Right. So they, okay. they have a separate reserve team and. Um, Somebody like Gokulam and Kerala Blasters haven't for some strange reasons, but uh, uh, unlike, unlike Sahal did come out of KPL, Sahal did play there and that was his, you know, sort of a start. Uh, but usually they use this as a good scouting setup as well. So you give them a small contract, see if the player improves, see the player after the mark and then sign him long term and all that, which is fine. But you would think a, a bigger club would have a better scouting setup and not yeah. really, you know, use tournament to just scout it. Yeah, well, we'll look forward to talking about a lot more once it starts. And when is it due to start this? So it'll uh, be uh, like March first week to March end. Okay, and um, just to um, carry on with this uh, topic of the state level, I mean, from an outsider, and I think I've said it to you before, the perception is is the Calcutta Football League is probably the best state level or uh, football league in India. But you've told me the Goa League is the best one. In terms of talent and organization, and no, let's not. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from Calcutta League simply because it's huge. It's got yeah. participation from some of the biggest teams in the country, and mm. it's been around for a, such a long time. So yeah. even a team like Catholic or a Peerless, all of these good teams. Mm. I just 
top pro league is right now the best uh, for like one they've got good teams mm-hmm. second i think this, this is also something we discussed earlier i said i think right now goa is a place to be in terms of football and india is a mini subcontinent and like it's a subcontinent itself so you have patches of players developing in different regions and i think goa is right now the best place for football so it's not necessarily a reflection of calcutta being bad i just think that goa is where at the moment do they have their teams, uh, you know, like Churchill and obviously FC Goa? And do they take part or are they local yeah. teams? Yeah, FC Goa, uh, you know, fields a reserve side. Uh, and I think Churchill is also there. But also, let's not forget the fact that Goa's traditionally good teams like Tempo and Sal Gokar and Sporting and all these teams are all still there active in this, uh, in this space. Right. I mean, that's a program in itself, isn't it? Looking at the various states and the senior divisions they have or don't have. Um, I think I saw something on Twitter the other day, Madhya Pradesh, their senior division, which is good. I think it's good that they're making these um, um, starts in some cases, but uh, it'll be good to reflect on some of the good leagues and the teams there, because like you said, some historical names, the ones you've just mentioned in Goa as well with Indian football. <clears throat> but your move into management um, brings me on to the talk about um, how you handle yourself as a manager. I know you're going to be different in in a different role when I say manager, but uh, I've got to start with uh, the goings-on at, well, not the goings-on at Orisha Football Club, but the manager and uh, what blew up after his post-match interview. And I have to say... I was shocked. Um, I didn't see the interview because I watched the interview in the ISL uh, YouTube uh, part and that part wasn't included, uh, if my memory serves right. But obviously I saw the interview elsewhere where he made those comments. And my first question to you is, is there any mitigation for him to come out with that straight after a game where the... You know, your feelings and your adrenaline is still pumping, is still high. Is there any sort of mitigation for what he said? No, right. Like, I'm sure, Bharat. I mean, I don't think you need to ask me that. There's no, I mean, there's no room for such language anywhere. So, whatever he's feeling, I understand he's angry, he's upset with the team, with the referees, with with everything at the moment. But there's no coming out and saying uh, these things. This is just... I, I don't want to say this is uncalled for or this is uh, uh, like absolutely, uh, there's no, sp- forget football. There is no space for such language anywhere in this world. So, I, I, I'm i surprised that I do see a lot of conversations on Twitter saying, you know, he was feeling lost. You know, uh, partly the blame should go on ISL referees. I can, like, ISL referees, referees can be horrible, but you still can't resort to this language. There's, I mean, there's a there's a wall in between. There's there's nothing that justifies going to this uh, this level. And surprising coming from an experienced uh, manager like that. Where is that language coming from? So I read something post uh, post his sacking where he talks about it and he keeps telling you know he's he's a, he's a father, he's a husband. Doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter who you are, what you're trying to say. Uh, if you've said it, you've said it. Just accept the mistake. And I wasn't really happy with the way he sort of uh, tried to justify it, saying it was the heat of the moment or something. If you are saying this is the heat of the moment, that means you've always used it. It's, it doesn't happen like one fine day. You've always used this 
and you've gotten away with it so far so it's high time especially as a senior manager and like you know we manage big teams you can't be doing this uh, uh, at any so i i'm i'm in total agreement with odisha there in terms of um you know he 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 doesn't deserve to be here in the country right now regardless of the football that they were playing so um i don't think a big fine would have just been enough i think uh, it had come to a point where it's so much damage and you need to make a state you need to come out and say no i mean this is as strong as racism or any other uh, you know social uh, just uh, social causes that we're fighting for so we need to come out and make a statement and uh, good on them to have done that yeah absolutely and the reason i started with that question is obviously his statement as well and um you know people often say you know heat of the moment and especially when they, you hear it when there's a racist element to somebody's comments or something like that oh, i just said it but you must have used that in another environment it's got to be in your vocabulary to come out with terms like that so there's no justification um to say you know i've got um friends of uh, different races or i've got a daughter and wife and what have you i think that was um it's not mitigation at all and um i think it's not something you would come out with in a normal conversation at all and like you say it's not acceptable in any form not football not politics not anywhere to say uh, things like that uh, because it's an abhorrent uh, act that's uh, being committed when you mention something like that and um, you've sort of answered my question in a way in terms of did the punishment fit the crime and um, you said it did. I agree with you. I think this was a, a really good um, act by, obviously, it would have been Rohan in the end, to be fair. I think he would have made the ultimate decision and to do it so quickly, um, not, not let it, you know, sometimes you you see a lot of places where something's happened and it takes days for them to catch up with the sentiment of uh, what the action should be. So fair play to Rohan. He did it I mean, pretty much immediately. I know the uh, the club came out with a statement, um, you know, saying how abhorrent the comments were. So, I mean, that was a good sign from the football club. And I don't know, maybe a first to take such quick action against somebody. And let's face it, it's high profile. It's your manager. Yeah. And wouldn't it have been also easy simply because I remember him telling us that, you know, they were signing Coach uh, Baxter on a long-term deal. I think it was a two-plus-one deal. So, um, you know, the club was uh, hoping and they put a lot of trust in Coach Baxter. So, to just kick him out, despite the results, I know Odisha has been having a very, uh, you know, substandard season. It's a season. bad season, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a bad season. But despite that, I think they did think this was the person to go about. And um, yeah, so it, it wouldn't have been an easy decision, but uh, good decision from them. And yeah, they did and- so well. With you, I agree. I feel for Ron uh, because uh, we had the interview with him pre-season and he was talking about at that stage signing a coach and um, he liked one in particular. He mentioned he didn't name names, but I think it's obvious now. And um, he put a lot of faith, like you say, in Coach Baxter. And um, the time to sack him would have been, you know, a few weeks ago when uh, January started and the team was struggling the results weren't there, but he backed him. He kept him. And um, I know I messaged him to say, you know, stick with it. It'll be work in a long time. So I felt for Rohan as well, because I think he personally um, stuck by Coach Baxter, put a lot of faith in him. 
persevered with him when other owners wouldn't have. So, um, you know, I do feel for Rohan as well in that respect. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have been easy, but like, good on him to come out and have done that. And another coach that we talk we about. Love you. We love him here. It's, uh, <laughs> and I have to say, um, I'm going to put my other hat on as an NRI or we're not uh, living in England, but do Indians hate English people? Have you, is there Absolutely. something against the English? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we hate them. Come on. Like, as if uh, Robbie Fowler has made him very lovable and he's like the most, uh, you know, most charming man out there. He, he I, you know, he just uh, runs in like, uh, his blood boils for Indian football. Come on. Like, he has been digging his own grave. I'm just surprised it took so much time for something to actually happen. And, uh, yeah, so I mean, you're, you're saying the ISL isn't biased against um, English people. You maybe. like the Scottish and the Irish, but not the English. Of course, not. we we hate the English. There's a reason why we came <laughs> out in 1947. Don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like on a serious note, I think he's not really helped this case. I mean, this is not a uh, India versus England thing by any stretch of imagination. This fellow has been coming here and just saying. Oh no, Indian football is terrible. Oh no, I've been I've got a shitty team that should be playing in I League. Oh no, the referees are horrible. Oh no, Pratyum, uh, you know you don't you don't deserve to uh, be uh, be an anchor. Do you know what it feels like to stand on the test line? He's been like on an attack from day one. You know, this like this grumpy old man was brought in for like he didn't want it. He just did it for some money or something. And I don't know like. For all this little, little niceness, nice things that we see on the football pitch, I think East Bengal is an improved side. There's no yeah. taking away from uh, that fact. I think they are playing good football. But, oh my God, he's been like appalling. And I'm not mincing my words at all. And Yeah, I mean, is, is a four-match ban justified? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't know the rules. And I'm, I'm not one in making those decisions as well. But... You know, maybe if he was a sweet person till that day and if you had made the statement, maybe it would have been a two-match fan. I have no idea. But I think whoever has been making this decision must be like, oh no, Mr. Fowler, now we've got you. We're going to put all those things on your head and give it a, you know, a maximum ban as possible. And uh, yeah, I want to say, I mean. I mean, he's brought a, a lot of um, content to our show since he came to the um, ISL. And, uh, well, before when he was announced, he started giving his content. But um, this is a different side to Robbie that I'm seeing on a regular basis. You know, like you, you went through the list and uh, it's, it's starting with the team that was made for the I-League, the standard of Indian players, uh, the mentality of Indian players. Let's not talk about the referees, the media. There's not much that he likes. I wonder if he likes India at all. Um, yeah. what, I don't know if he's. Um, is this his first time to India? Because you know, a lot of people go to India for holidays and go as the most beautiful, well, one of the most beautiful places in the country. He's got five star facilities there, but uh, something's not um, working out for him. Um, and um, you know, it's surprising the stuff he comes out with. He he doesn't rate us at all, does he? I mean, it comes across he doesn't rate. The, uh, you know, the, the football, the players, or anything like that. The country. He doesn't train the country. Forget it. Well, I was going to say that, but I was holding yeah. back. I'm glad he said it, but that was my thought. 
and i have attended press conference with zambra uh, no, uh, with uh, matarazi and he was not the easiest one let me put it out there he was not the most easiest one but he never came out and said these statements in the open i don't know if it's because it was lost in the translation the guy who translating was making it more milder Hmm. I mean, you did. He did look a little disinterested, but he went and like won titles with uh, Chennai, and uh, he. I mean, he, I mean, you could see they had like a lot of you know parity in terms of vision, in terms of football, in terms of style. So, if all these players can come here and do it in an earlier stage when IS was just developing, Robbie Fowler's job should be much easier. So hmm. he can't be really complaining that you know everything is bad, everything is terrible. He hasn't had to you know see the. Uh, he's not coaching a team in, like, say, uh, uh, Real Kashmir, for example. That's that's a tough challenge, and you don't see that coach ever, you know, moaning about you know difficulties in Indian football or anything. He's had like, he's probably got like bomb blasts. He's had like mm. snow throughout the year. He's faced all kind of you know internet lockdown, everything, and it really makes you wonder if you know Robbie Fowler is just like a spoiled child. Well, yeah, that is a good comparison. But I'm looking forward to when he leaves and what he says afterwards on his um, time at. Um, I'm I'm at, sure he's probably signed up with like a good publisher or like. Yes. Yeah. So just like. I can see a. Adventures. I can see a book coming uh, on his experiences of Indian football. So if he's holding back anything, oh my goodness, what's going to be in the book or in his uh, recollection of his time in India? But you mentioned, you know. The contrast, but he is Scottish. I have to say, he's not English. Uh, in David Robertson at um, Real Kashmir, so I don't know if that's the reason. But uh, I saw a fantastic. I've obviously seen the two documentaries on Real Kashmir, and I think even you sneaked into one of them, uh, but I missed that. Um, but um, yeah. yeah, that's a proper. Uh, he's what he's gone through to get that club. And he, he told us about what was there, which is pretty much nothing when he took the role on. And in that environment, yeah, fair play to uh, David Robertson. I think um, he will, he's probably, you know, going to be remembered forever at Rail Kashmir because um, uh, Cody's time obviously Thanks. comes to an end eventually. But what he's gone through and what he's put in for his family and himself to put that club together and get it to a standard is absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think. Uh... Not just the Real Kashmir Football Club, I think the Valley will remember him forever. Yeah, and quite rightly. I think he, he, it's easy for us to talk about it because he's done it from Scotland. He had a cushy life in America, uh, got this so, call. I'll tell you my personal experience. Uh, when Minerva Punjab was going to play in Real Kashmir, uh, in Kashmir, a uh, lot of players didn't want to go. They were scared. A lot of footballers in the country didn't want to go. And when, as fascinating as a subject it is, you know me as a journalist and I crave for such stories. Mm. And I'm super doubtful about going there. Mm. So it wouldn't have been easy by any stretch of imagination. I am an Indian. Uh, you know, I can walk into these spaces and I know, uh, I mean, I'm sure I can, you know, use my Hindi, um, you know, all those things to get some sort of access. I'm not distinctly North Indian also. so. It's slightly easier for, uh, I mean, that's a different, uh, you know, politics that very difficult yeah. for the outside to understand. But nevertheless, with all my easy access, I still don't go there, uh, despite really wanting to do these stories from the valley, from, you know, across JNK. There are, there's a fascinating story in Leh Ladakh as well, 
uh, I wanted to do a video interview with her, but like it didn't happen because there's no internet. So yeah, maybe just text each other. We keep saying when she's in Delhi, we'll talk about Ladakh football. Uh, but there's so much there. But like you was hesitant to go. So for somebody from Scotland, somebody who was apparently uh, you know one of uh, one of those targets that so Alex could not get him to the club. Like you know, he really wanted. uh he met matches united but he just refused to come so you're talking about such a great person uh, coming to the valley and doing this it's, it's it's an amazing story yeah absolutely and i i don't know if uh, i've tried to search on youtube i mean i watched it on terrestrial tv here the two documentaries on real kashmir and fantastic insight and i saw an interview with him last week um in the i league bubble and he was you know talking about his experiences and what he had to contend with trying to coach a football team at the same time as living in those conditions where there's no internet and you know no family and it's cold and the light goes for an indian like you say it's nigh on impossible but for a scottish person to come there and do that fair play to him he deserves all the plaudits he gets absolutely and um i think he's got good owners who are backing him as well so yeah and it's a story in itself real kashmir that hopefully we can somehow manage to put together soon but um yeah the contrast is huge between him but i think that because he's scottish robbie's english so we will leave it at that but uh, yeah, yeah uh, I, i was uh, amused when he said indians don't like the english but uh, <laughs> let's leave that one there as well a uh, couple of things uh, obviously let's turn to what's been happening in the isl and it's really getting down to the business end and it is very very um tight now for the third and fourth places uh but before we get to that i just wanted your comments on a couple of signings that took me by surprise and um uh, fair play to atk they did both of them and lenny was one player uh from goa and marcelino from orisha two big names um being taken up by atk at a crucial time uh, were you surprised by that especially the lenny one from goa going to a rival playoff team i mean this wouldn't happen here i mean we just had an example last week there were rumors and you don't know if there any more than that that we wanted to sign um i say we lester uh, metro niles from arsenal but arsenal didn't want him to go to a rival team that was at their level uh, so they sent him to west brom but were you surprised with that signing from, loan signing from yeah. lenny and why did uh, it happen why did lenny's, go lenny's not a loan signing so uh, what happened is that lenny terminated his own contract and signed something new with adk So oh just, right. Sorry. Yeah, he terminated his own contract that was uh, ending at the end of the year. So he, I mean, so there is nothing Goa could have done to prevent the, the signing. So it works that way. It was surprising that happened because Lenny is like a Goan legend and this is his home team. So um, I mean, you wouldn't have expected Lenny to do that. But I'm assuming there was a lot of talks. FC Goa is clearly building a team. For the so you have the likes of princeton and everybody sort of occupying that spaces um lenny was a favorite under uh, coach lobera he is also moved out a lot of his teammates went to city uh, mumbai city so the likes of mandar all of them are now in in mumbai city so he probably thought this is probably the best time to cash in to i mean this is probably his last big paycheck uh or maybe one one other you know contract he can possibly get so he signed like a i think an 18 month deal with uh, adk which is 
obviously going to be good money. ATK or ATK. I mean, these are you know you were so so sort of starting to see identities in Indian football. ATK wants seasoned footballers perhaps at their peak, while FC Go wants to invest in youth and you know develop players and things like that. So these are all clear strategies. So I'm assuming there was a uh, there was sort of a showdown at uh, FC Goa office where Lenny also talked and Lenny probably asked for guarantees and FC Goa couldn't give any sort of guarantees in terms of either money or any time or anything like that. And so I don't think this is necessarily a bad decision for anybody involved. Uh, really? Lenny, you know, Lenny gets to play in a good team. And mind you, look at uh, um, FC Goa, they're very clever. They signed Amarjit. He's young, he's already an Indian national player, national team player. He's already started, like he's already playing for them. So it didn't even take a lot of time for him to settle in or something. And they also signed Glenn Martins. He's also that destructive, uh, you know, midfield player. And he's also from Goa. So that's an added benefit. He's come back home. So it's not like FC Goa got like really depleted. In fact, I would say they replaced Lenny with a younger uh, player with probably a higher ceiling. He's not reached there, for example, for sure. But like, this is a player that Sunil Chetri thought should be, you know, leading the Viking club because so uh, when India played the national team match, so Amarjit is clearly future and FC Goa I think might struggle right now, maybe a couple of matches because Lenny is a strong presence, a very experienced presence. But in the long run, I think they've done a very clever piece of business. So it's not necessarily what you look from outside and think, oh no, they've lost uh, a key player. They also signed Dheeraj in the summer, so. Uh, in the winter rather and uh, sorry it looks like some of um, my winters so <laughs> uh, uh, yeah rub that in <laughs> and uh, yeah so uh, Amarjeet is coming Dheeraj is coming Bran is coming so it's not like FC Goa has been like so they're clearly looking to build another team another uh, a team that can take over in it for the next three four years and I think at the end of the day, ATK gets a seasoned player, Esigoa gets a young player, I think it's good. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, just for, with the timing. I know you, you talk about building for the future and good deals, you know, considering they've got a younger player, but it's just the timing when the playoff is still in doubt for Goa, that you would let him go to a rival. Um, obviously, if he was going to leave, he was going to go for one of the big teams in India. Um, if he was going to stay in India, but um, I know you've talked a lot about Lenny. You really rate him, so th- that's what surprised me—the timing. I-, I totally understand the issue around Amarjit, and you know they've got a good deal with Martins and what, what have you. But it's just where we are in the season. You would wait until another four, three, four weeks, see where you are, or maybe if you haven't got a chance of getting into the playoffs, then yeah, it's maybe too late to do any signings, obviously. But um, also the fact that you can. Sorry, yeah, go on. No, I, I, I'm just saying that in this case, when somebody decides to break a contract, there's nothing you can do, right? So I don't know if FC Goa wanted him out necessarily. Mm-hmm. He just had an opportunity to go to ATK, get better money, better playing time. Probably, uh, you know, probably he thinks that if he plays in ATK, he'll get like a national team reckoning because then he's one player who's not made it to the national team. So he'd probably want to, you know, before retiring, you know, play for the national team regularly and uh, so I mean fair play I mean uh, Lenny also probably looked at Habas and thought you know Habas system is something that suits him better mm-hmm. than what is happening in FC Goa so all these things we don't know what happens inside of football teams so much but we can only yeah. see 
progress actions. But I think one thing you can say that I don't think Goa overly upset because they didn't make a big deal about uh, him breaking his contract, terminating his contract. So you can see that maybe in the background, everybody, like you say, feels it's a win-win. Um, but I think it's a definite win for ATK at this crucial stage of the season when they're trying to close the gap with uh, Mumbai City. Uh, but the other one was uh, Marcelino, um, a big name for Mauritius, big expectations. And you saw, as soon as he started playing for ATK, that's the player Mauritius signed. Um, it's it's uh, amazing. I mean, it, it must have been, in a, something must have happened in the background where you couldn't get a game for Mauritius, you know, for obvious reasons. Uh, yeah, he wasn't so performing. I, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's back, Coach Baxter. I don't know if it's the set of players around him being young and probably not as... You know, as good as uh, the, the team that uh, ATK has, but whatever be the reason, uh, Marcelino has been a charisma in Indian football ever since he came and played for Delhi Dynamos all the seasons back. Uh, um, he, he's extremely talented that left foot of his, uh, and uh, I mean ATK probably doesn't see him as like a regular starter because they've got so much squad depth. They've got so many up there and probably like a a stopgap solution than a long-term uh, team. And Marcelino also must be thinking, that's how I've played my time here in Indian football. I've just gone short, short-term short contracts with, you know, small clubs and earn my money and move. So, he also probably thought this is good. Odisha thought he, you know, him off the payroll of, of, of you know, of, uh, opens up opportunities for them as well. They got a player in return. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just Marcelino being Marcelino. I mean, nobody knows this fellow. I mean, one day he's extremely talented, one day he's lazy. And, well, uh, in the uh, couple of games I've seen in 80k, uh, he's extremely talented. Yeah, and extremely hardworking. So, yeah. you, I mean, a lot of people are questioning his ability to, you know, really run around. He's been working really hard. So, is it Coach Habas? Probably said really mean stuff to him in, uh, in, a, in a language that he understands. So, maybe, I don't know what, what, what changed, but... Clearly, the desire is back in Marcelino, and a, a, a bummed-up Marcelino is a, such a joy to watch. So, yeah. Good, good and the other thing, a strange thing is, um, in this bubble, bubble environment, you're not going to get away from your old teammates. I mean, yeah. you're going to see them around. Uh, that could be awkward, uh, but obviously, um, I mean, they played uh, Orisha soon after, didn't they? And you can see them, uh, the players still get on with. Players always do, don't they? They understand. Uh, but... It, Moving on to the I League uh, ISL as well. Sorry, uh, Freudian slip there. We're getting to the business end. Uh, top two are confirmed, but um, do you think it's three from two now, or do you think it's um, Bengaluru are still in it? Never write off such a big team, despite the uh, run of games they they've had and the results they've had. Uh, I mean, I can't, knowing Indian football, I couldn't write off any team. So we've seen miracles happen all the time. And if you see, it's not just Bangalore. I think the teams below also have like a realistic chance once we've got like four four games remaining, five games remaining for most teams, if I remember right. So, it, like like they like they say, impossible is nothing. But realistically speaking, I think these three teams are in a good run of form. Um, you expect Northeast to falter, right? I think somehow we were like, Okay, I mean, yeah, good performance, but like maybe they can't, you know, match in the next uh, in, the, in the in the upcoming game, and then they matched it. Um, college, I mean, yes, yet to lose if I remember right. So that's like two or three victories, and then a couple of draws as well. So uh, 
it's a team in form, but you would still think FC Goa and Hyderabad, considering uh, how they, well they played throughout the season, are favourites. But all three teams are in the reckoning. And it would be a very big surprise if FC Goa and Bangalore miss out. Because I think we, both of us, were considering them as favourites to be in the playoff uh, when, when the season started. So, hence, I want that to happen. Because I, <laughs> I want, uh, I mean, from a neutral perspective, it will be much more fun to have Northeast and uh, um, Hyderabad. Hyderabad. There, Hyderabad jersey today. So, yeah, uh, that, that's my fit. I was just asked it. Do you know, I, I couldn't see the bottom. I don't know if it was a Dortmund shirt or if it's a Hyderabad shirt. Um, it's 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 one of those teams that I think it'd be good uh, if those two would get in would be ideal. I mean, when you look at the last four games, uh, BFC have got the tough uh, finish. They're playing uh, Mumbai, Goa, and they've got um, ATK as well um, in their last four games. So that's not going to be an easy run for them to put a winning streak. But when you look at Northeast, they've got Orisha. Um, Chennai, uh, East Bengal and the Blasters and you can see getting the way they are, I mean you can never say how these games are going to go because like you say, anybody can beat anybody almost on their day in the ISL but uh, North East have got a good run in and um, if on they can paper, get a couple on of paper, for sure. on paper, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think it'll be good um, if Hyderabad and North East or one of them get in for Indian football. I think it'd be really, really good. By the way, have you It'd got a Northeast shirt? I mean, sorry, have you got a Northeast shirt? No, I, I, I don't know where to get it from. Like honestly, oh. I would buy one, but I just don't know where to get it from. I've been looking online. And if somebody from Northeast is listening, maybe you want to send us, uh, you know, a jerseys because we would have to give it. I, I really want, but I've been trying from the last season. Uh, so I went to the the maker's website. So they didn't have it. And then I went to a couple of shops that sell that brand. They also don't have it. It's uh, I don't no. know why uh, uh, you know the merchandise is not really out there for sale. But if any of the Highlanders uh, are listening, yeah. um, please send a shirt to Kerala. DM us or DM uh, at uh, Nevin, and uh, I'm sure we can make that happen. I'd be so happy to pay. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want a free shirt or something. I'm happy to pay. I just want a source where I can like. You can get it. Hopefully, somebody listening will be able to sort something out for you, and we'll put the message out there. Fantastic! So, a lot to look forward to. But in terms of the ISL, it's building up. The business end coming to a conclusion. We look forward to seeing who can join Mumbai City and ATK in the playoffs. But here in the English Premier League, I think it's done and dusted. What do you think? Yeah, the squad depth is so so good for City that you know you. You know, there's no Kevin De Bruyne, and they're not even missing it. Gundogan has now become like Kevin De Bruyne light and like scoring all those goals and so well oiled. You know, I was having a good long conversation with a lot of fans today morning, and was like, I, I was always, be, I've always been a supporter of Pep Guardiola. I love, but like a lot of people would call him a bond fraud and things like that. And I would really get irked when a lot of people say, "Oh, he just buys a team and things like that." I'm like. If you're the best in the world, and if you have a management that allows you to buy a, you know, buy the best in the world, why would you not? Why would you want Pep Guardiola to go to the Leeds and prove? He might do it later in the state, but he's right now the best in the world, and he, he has owners that are willing to back him up. Why would you not do it? I and it's not easy to just spend, you know, like Lampard found out. It's not just you know you just buy a lot of players and suddenly they you know get few results. This and I think this season, especially, I've been so proud of Pep in terms of how 
he swallowed his pride and concentrated on his defense. And suddenly you saw John Stones and everyone in group. And by the way, I wanted Stones to be uh, signed by Chelsea in the summer. A lot of people are like, do you even watch football? I always thought he was a brilliant footballer. It's just, you know, Guardiola's very advanced kind of football didn't suit him. Like that, that's, but now he, you know, went to the basics. They're very defense strong. Uh, they hardly concede a goal, right? Uh, I mean, even we, uh, even uh, the, that goal was an uncharacteristic mistake from Diaz. It's not very normal. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, fair play to Pep. He's reinvented the side, and now I think they're, they're out there. I mean, I know United are playing really good football. I know um, the likes of Leicester and a couple of other teams also play good football, and then they disappear for one match and. You don't become champions by disappearing. You have to consistently it's week in, there. week out, and you're not a great manager unless you put this year in, year out. And um, I get frustrated when people say the same things about Pep. You know, he gets all the big signings and what have you. To put yourself through to managing the top teams and have those expectations in your head, it takes a special brand of manager to take that on board. I mean, obviously, Barcelona was his um, own club. That's a different story. But then going to Bayern and then coming to Man City, knowing the expectations, because you can have all the money in the world. You still got to control a team. As um, Frank found out, it's not easy. You still got to win trophies year in, year out. And Klopp is finding that out. That's not easy. So, you know. uh, I'm just saying that, uh, you know, you can have great 11 players, Mm. but like it has to fit in a system. Mm. And and the way say City moves the ball around, how can you not find joy in that? You know, it does. It didn't come from the fact that you know they're eleven footballers and they if you just put them on the pitch they start passing each other and scoring goals. It doesn't work. It's a lot of work in training grounds, a lot of thought process, a lot of you know tactic boards. So, you know, I, then- I think even though he gets these big signings, I think I think he actually improves the players. I think he's one Absolutely. of those coaches that improves players. Yeah, look at Sterling for example. I think yeah. Bulldog is now playing the best football in his life. Uh, Foden. Fullbacks, yeah, Foden. Uh, I thought Walker was a very average player till he went to City and then he became like this, like, you know, amazing. Incredible right back, yeah. Yeah. And now Cancelo is now looking like best fullback, one of the best fullbacks in the world. Yeah. So, all of these players. Yeah, sorry, you were saying. No, I'm, I'm just saying that. Uh, he's uh, he's gone out and proven this over time and again that you know he's a he's a coach that improves footballers. I know a couple of footballers don't really make the cut. Uh, there are even accusations that he's slightly racist and he didn't like you know support Yaya Toure and all those accusations out there. But listen, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I have nobody to comment on if he's racist or not. If they've had that kind of experience, then let's not you know reduce it or take it away from them. But what you and I see, from what you and I see, he seems like an amazing coach. He does this again and again. And uh, if I'm the best in the world, nobody can tell me to, like, you know, go to a Leeds, do like a Bielsa. I'm sure Bielsa would like to, you know, manage City, but City is not going to hire him. No. So let's accept that as well. You know, you need yeah. to, like, prove and you need to, uh, you need to show that you can work with the best players in the world also. It's a, of you know good players and good managers i think for me carlo ancelotti is right up there because i think he's done it he's one of the players who can manage big egos i don't think jose Mourinho can handle this i i mean he, he needs his type of players he needs those you know 
right? He he is happier with an aspirator than a uh, than a cancerer. So again, it's 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 about coaches and a management style. But he wants that dogged performance, and he wants a uh, he wants those players who put their hearts on the sleeves and play that. But like with Pep, I think the range is much much more bigger. Yeah, and to top it all, the cherry in the cake is the top brand of football he loves and implements, and we see it year in year out. Um, I know he's toughened up the defense, but they're still good to watch. They're not the Mourinho defensive team, uh, but um, yeah, uh, I agree with that. So um, the league is pretty much done and dusted here with about 12, 13 games to go. Um, so we'll just see who's going to fight for Chelsea. Chelsea are slowly catching up. <laughs> yeah, Tuchel is uh, becoming uh, a firm favorite now already, is he, after a week in charge? So. We'll see once he gets into the grind. I think um, everybody's allowed a honeymoon period. Um, but if he can get Werner scoring, then maybe, um, yeah, he is making a difference. But um, I'm going to hold my judgment on him, um, especially not this year. We'll see how he gets on next year. And uh, see what, what... realistically speaking, Chelsea are not so far away from the Champions League squad. So if no, can... I think they'll get, they'll, they'll, They'll get into the Champions League places. I think they're good enough. They're, obviously, they're good enough. And uh, I'll be very surprised if they're not in that um, category. But it will be tough. It'll be very close. I'm just hoping my so boys... So many teams fighting for it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. West Ham are there. And they're, you know, everybody's not talking about West Ham. I know you asked the question. But they're coming in um, quietly, uh, churning out the results. Um, appalling decision, by the way, VAR on that one. So oh, yeah. they're sending off. But that's a topic for another day. But fantastic. Um, this hour has gone flown by. And um, oh, it's, it's a lovely. lovely and um, the snow is continuing here. So this is what I've got to look forward to. I mean, it's good to look at, but uh, not to <laughs> yeah. go out in. Uh, but um, you've got a better uh, view than I have, no matter well, what. Wasn't it, uh, wasn't it Shelley who said, uh, who wrote, uh, if the winter is here, can the spring be far behind? Oh, <laughs> in 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 England now, uh, you hardly differentiate between the four seasons. Uh, you know, England's famous for having all four seasons in a day, so um, it's not that much. I mean, yeah, the days get longer, so it's not dark as often. That's the one positive. So yeah, well, hopefully we'll have a decent summer. That's the one thing that's getting us through this, and obviously the vaccination. But we've not talked about that, which is a good thing. Uh, yeah. But um, it's a football only show for now. Yes, let's keep it that way. Brilliant. Um, as always, brilliant uh, talking to you. Brilliant insights into the Kerala uh, State League. And we'll talk about that more as well. As, and your career in management as well. And see what the pressures bring to you as well. Um, so I thank you again. I'm already losing hair. So I think <laughs> I'm going to like, uh, you know, click uh, a screenshot or something. So that there's like a comparison now. A before after. and after. Yes, yeah. have a before and after the season. We'll see if uh, football does have that sort of an impact. But uh, fantastic, uh, Nevin. Brilliant as always talking to you. And um, you stay safe and uh, we'll catch up again as always very soon. Thank you.